And welcome back to Enter the Nether Realm. This is your host, Zach, and I hope you're doing good today. So, I was wandering around the internet earlier today. I've got some exciting news. I was wandering around the internet earlier today, doing some research for these episodes and such, and I came across an article that details the entirety of Mortal Kombat 12. This is breaking stuff here, people. I have a full article and breakdown right here, and I am so excited. I I'm surprised I haven't seen IGN and ComicBook.com covering this. Maybe I'm the first one? That's why you turn into Enter the Nether Realm. So, this article. Mortal Kombat 12, The New Age. A fighting game developed by NetherRealm Studios and published by Warner Brothers Interactive. At the moment, we don't really have any details on like the story or anything like that. So, we gotta be patient there. However, we, what we do have is a bunch of information about the stuff that's going to be in the game as well as the full entire roster. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited right now. So, uh, we're, we're going to start off with the, with the roster. Right now, uh, it is listed that the full launch roster is going to be 74 characters. That's right, and this roster is going to contain all of the Mortal Kombat mainstays. For example, they have, there's going to have Chameleon and Chameleon, both the male and the female version of the, the transparent ones from the you know, Ultimate NK3, I believe it was. And then there's going to be Hydra, instead of Hydro, I guess, I guess maybe they wrote out Hydro and they're putting in Hydra now. Uh, Quan Chi, Takeda, Melina, it's spelled wrong, but hey, you know, stuff happens. Uh, Striker, Dagon, and some fantastic news, guys. Our hopes have been answered. Finally, Chrome is going to be in the game. Holy shit. This is amazing. Like, I, I, I can't believe it. This is already looking amazing, and we haven't even seen any pictures or videos or anything yet. And if, if that all-star cast, if that, the freaking just, like, the, the mainstays of Mortal Kombat, if those weren't enough for you, don't worry. Because there are going to be 53 guest characters in the game. I know. I, I, I couldn't believe this. I, I, I've been just reading this article over and over and over again, and I'm just losing myself I'm in it, you know? The guests are going to include the likes of Doom Guy, which, sweet! He's been a huge wish from the community, including myself, from all the way back in the day when, in MK11, they, uh, there was that trailer that had the chainsaw at the end, and it was like, and one more guy. I was like, oh, I hope it's Doom Guy. And that turned out to be nobody. Don't ask questions about that one. But yeah, so awesome. Freaking fantastic. I thought he was a shoo-in for MK11. But then there are a couple of other returning guests. There, there's going to be Jason Voorhees, Spawn, Freddy Krueger. We're finally going to get to see Freddy versus Jason in person, you know? And that's freaking awesome. You know, because we got, we got Predator versus the Alien. So now we're going to have Freddy versus Jason. It's going to be great. You get these remake scenes from the movie, right? However, there are also some real gets that they've never had in a Mortal Kombat game before. For example... Trevor Phillips from GTA 5. Venom, like, like the Spider-Man villain, Venom. He's going to be in it. The Mask. Man, I, I really hope they have Jim Carrey on, to, on board to reprise his role, you know? Like in MK11 where they had, uh, well, I guess they got Arnold Schwarzenegger's face and they had uh, Sylvester Stallone come in to be Rambo. Um, I mean, if they got Jim Carrey to be in this, that'd be that'll be awesome. Uh, Pennywise the Clown, a lot of people were asking for him for some fucking reason. Uh, Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star, makes perfect sense. Snake, Pliskin, and of course John Wick. I am shocked it's taking them so long to get John Wick in the game. But And that's just a couple of the 53 guest characters that have already been confirmed for MK11. And I, oh, whew, 
I, I, like, I, I could, I just wish I could read the whole freaking list of you guys, but we've, we've only got so much time today. Oh, and, and this is better, even my favorite part. So, and one of the other things that we have is we have a bunch of information about what the game is going to be like in terms of, you know, how it's going to play, supplemental content, and stuff like that. And when I say supplemental content, oh, don't you, yeah. We got plenty of it. First off, there's going to be a, another story mode expansion, kind of like Aftermath, right? There's going to be brand new characters that aren't listed. So we have 74 characters, 53 guest characters, and more new characters. There's going to be the return of <gasps> Conquest Mode. Yes. You know how much I wanted that. And they're going to have chess combat, puzzle combat, motor combat, create a fighter. And then they're also going to have babalities, animalities, and harakiris in the game. Holy shit, this is... Talk about over-delivering. It's everything I could have ever asked for, including you. And also notice, I, I, it says create a fighter, but not create a fatality. So I guess that means that all 127 characters that we know of at the moment are each going to have their own distinct set of fatalities. Plus the babalities, the animalities, the harakiris. And I don't imagine them taking out brutalities, so... The finisher compilations on YouTube are gonna be like five hours long. Holy crap! This is this. I, like guys, I, I am. I could not. I cannot. I, I, you. I can. I can't talk. I'm just so excited about this. And this part where it gets a little weird. I, I guess someone messed up the verbiage, but you know, whatever. Not. It's not a huge deal. It was announced at the Electronic Entertainment Expo in 2024, and then the game was released in North America and Europe on May 23rd, 2025. I, I, I mean, I can't wait. This is fantastic. This is exciting and fantastic. But man, I feel really bad for Ed Boon. NRS must have a massive leak in their freaking ship with all this stuff getting out there, what, almost three years ahead of release? Man. So if you hadn't guessed yet, no, that's not real. Yeah, that's right. If you, I'm sorry if you had gotten all excited and I just crushed your hopes like a puppy in my hands. This is from a fandom page. Mortal Kombat Fanon.fandom.com. None of what I just said was real, but it was fun, right? It was a nice little romp through the hypotheticals. And here I thought I was going out of, out of the out there with some of my predictions. These guys are predicting the subtitle, the release date, the platforms, 53 guest characters. A very ambitious game this would be. Well, this whole article kind of inspired today's topic because today we're going to be talking about the obscure lesser known and some entirely fictional characters from the mortal Kombat lore and as for the article hey i guess we'll see how it shakes out maybe this article was a glitch in the matrix and it's actually from 2024 maybe this is how mortal Kombat 12 will be smiley face yeah probably not though all right everybody welcome to the show so yeah, today's episode is going to be about some of the most famous obscure characters in the Mortal Kombat lore. I know famous and obscure kind of makes it an oxymoron, but you know what I mean, and you'll kind of understand what I'm getting at when I get more into it. And plus, if I went through 
all of the obscure characters, we'd be here for freaking six weeks, you know? Fan reaction, input, and fiction has always had a huge impact on the Mortal Kombat series, significantly more so than pretty much any other uh, series that I can think of. Like, Street Fighter has never really taken uh, any fandom shit and made into reality like Mortal Kombat has. Like the 95 movie. Mortal Kombat movie, that is. Fans loved it so much that here we are, almost 30 frickin' years later, and they are still referencing it, using the theme song, and even getting the actors to guest star in the game. We didn't see JCVD guest starring as Guile in SF5, did we? No. Mortal Kombat, the, the Mortal Kombat people, the Mortal Kombat team, have always had their ear to the ground in terms of what the fans want, what the fans like, what the fans are talking about. And, to their credit, for the good and the bad, they've always been there to be like, Hey, we're listening, we're sorry. Or, here you go, we know you've been talking about it. The biggest example of Mortal Kombat fan BS being made into reality is, for those who don't know, Ermac and Scarlet. Ermac and Scarlet both started out as literal glitches in the arcade games. You see, the actors who were doing the digitization for the old games, uh, they wore solid bright red suits to do the actual mocap, or not mocap, the digitization in. And the red would then be taken and replaced by whatever color was appropriate for the intended character. Kind of like green screening, but obviously with the color red. So Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Reptile, those were all the same guy, but the red of his outfit was then just replaced by the yellow or the blue or the green. Well, in the arcade, there was a very rare glitch where the ninja would load in without the color swap, swap implemented. This made fans' minds swirl with excitement and theories of secret characters and hidden lore. Ermac originally got his name from the fact that when his happened to him, where the thing would, you know, not load in properly and he would come out red. Up at the top of the screen, inside the health bar, where the name is supposed to be, it said Ermac. Which stood for Error Macro. But a bunch of 10-year-olds weren't able to figure out, like, oh, Error Mac, Error Macro, computer, it's a glitch, that makes sense. No, they're like, Ermac? What? I thought I picked Scorpion! And the rest is history, you know? So that's where he got his name from. Scarlet Hurt got her name from an even more original and intuitive uh, process, which was, she's red. Scarlet's a shade of red. The end. We're done. <laughs> and then there's Tremor. Tremor was an absolute shithead nobody. A boss in Mortal Kombat Special Frickin' Forces. Without a doubt, the worst Mortal Kombat game or probably the, mo the worst thing ever in the Mortal Kombat franchise, period. No more important than frickin' Tazia or the likes of No-Face or the none of the all those forgettable characters from Mortal Kombat Special Forces. But the fan base was just so rabidly in love with the concept or the idea of the rock elemental frickin' earthbending ninja that they just willed him into not being forgotten. Pretty much the only thing about Special Forces that hasn't been forgotten almost entirely, besides the frickin' intro, which is badass. And eventually, the fervor for him, the rockbender, earthbender ninja, 
tough than nin- the freaking Mortal Kombat ninja, is he eventually got into MKX as a DLC character. And I'm going to tell you this. Tremor was probably my favorite to play in... Uh, maybe not my favorite, but without a, my favorite DLC character to play in uh, MKX. I like Jason a lot, and... Ta- uh, ta- what the hell is his name? Talia? Tanta? I'm Why am I drawing a freaking blank here? Tanya! Holy crap! I just freaking... My brain just went... And boom, gone. I, I, t- t- yeah, Talia. Tanya, Tanya, Tanya in MKX was pretty good. I liked her, but of all the DLC characters, I'd say that uh, M- Tremor was probably my favorite. I guess that totally off on a tangent, but yeah. So yeah, Mortal Kombat fans have a pretty damn good track record of just willing complete bullshit into existence. Hashtag Chrome for MK12. So we're gonna start off with. What might be the single most famous of all the fake, poor shit, not real characters, and that is Hornbuckle. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, what the hell is a Hornbuckle? Well, the answer is Hornbuckle is a palette swap of Liu Kang that debuted in the background of the pit bridge. Is it the pit or the bridge? The pit stage in Mortal Kombat 2. We can see him in the background facing off against a man that's just completely on fire who would eventually become known as Blaze. You know, the staple of the 3D era games, the freaking main bad guy of the Mortal Kombat universe according to Armageddon. We don't like to talk about that. As I said, he really just started off as a straight-up palette swap of Liu Kang. It's just, instead of red, he was green. And that, that was the entirety of it. And also, originally, uh, the guy he was fighting, his name was Torch. So, yeah, Blaze's original name was Torch. Look at that. Who would have thought? Like most characters on this list, very little is known about Hornbuckle. Including how he got his name, now I'm thinking about it. In my research, it occurs to me, I didn't actually see where he got his name from. So, yeah, a lot of these guys are very mysterious because they're pretty much complete fabrications, you know? So, But that's half the fun of it, you know? However, there is one single concrete piece of lore about this character known as Hornbuckle found in the Deadly Alliance bio for Blaze. And I quote, During Blaze's quest, he was ambushed on a bridge by an ancient sect of holy men, still serving the long-dead Dragon King. These holy men enslaved Blaze and forced him to guard the last known dragon egg. So naturally, I don't think it's a leap in logic to say that clearly Hornbuckle was one of these holy men serving the Dragon King. Which, is kind of cool, you know? Uh, unlike a lot of characters on this list, we don't have a lot of lore for them, you know? Especially something somebody as dumb as frickin' Hornbuckle. I'm, I'm shocked we got any lore for him. Uh, although I will say, I'm a little disappointed that he never appeared in any of the games officially. Like... Even, like, in Deception Armor again, that would have been a perfect way to uh, introduce him in, like, the, you know, the Conquest modes or whatever, right? Just have Paliswap Liu Kang standing behind a hut at, you know, 4.30 a.m. on a Saturday in the frickin' uh, Order Realm. And they're just like, hello, I am Hornbuckle. No, I don't know who Blaze is. What are you talking about? Anyway, goodbye. And then he disappears on the right. I don't know, right? I wish there had been some kind of little cameo from him. Because they had a lot of those kind of little things, like... Something I didn't know until recently. Did you know that frickin' 
Motaro is in Deception. He appears at one place at one time in the uh, conquest mode. You can go up to him and punch him, and if you punch him, he will give you a thousand ruby coins. I don't remember when, but I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, you learn something new every day. So yeah, I wish he had made some kind of appearance. Although, he does have kind of like a... Sorry. Uh, He does have some sort of, like, moral representation, because it's pretty much now at this point, green is the default uh, secondary color for Liu Kang, so... He's kind of around. We can pretend. Next up on the list is a demon named Belloc. Belloc was a character who was rumored to appear in Mortal Kombat Gold. According to Ed Boon, the lead developer of Mortal Kombat, obviously, the Mortal Kombat team didn't have time to just finish the character, leading to him just kind of being scrapped. Despite that, his model was in the game along with a partially completed moveset. Screenshots were leaked showing what he looked like at the time of his scrapping, as well as the fact that he's going to be very similar to Goro in playstyle. Uh, Belloc was apparently going to be a member of the Elder Demons, which would have been a stark contrast to the Elder Gods. Because, you know, you got the gods like Raiden and, and Fujin, or is Fujin an Elder God? I'm pretty sure Fujin's just a regular god. You have a regular god like Raiden, and then you have the Elder Gods like Cetrion, Shinnok kind of, and all those bricks, you know? So then you would have had demons such as Serena, Kia, Quan Chi? Question mark? Right? Sometimes Quan Chi is, sometimes Quan Chi is not. And then you would have had the elder demons, which would include the likes of Belloc and whoever else. You never know. He's got a pretty cool design, I'll give him that. Like, his base seemed to be just kind of Goro- but he didn't have the second set of arms, and he was like solid red. He looked pretty cool. I I thought I I think Belloc is a solid character that could just because yeah he's just got a, he's a big uh, red monster dude. He's a demon. You could totally bring him back. Have have him be some kind of return, you know? Or I guess not even really a return, more of a debut. Yeah. Hey, Mortal Kombat 12. You looking to mix something up? Looking to excite fucking nerds like me? Like oh shit, it's Belloc! Just an idea. Although, somebody that would probably uh, excite nerds like me a lot more would be a little man known as Nimbus Terrafax. Nimbus Terrafax was a gag created by Electronic Gaming Monthly, supposedly as a hidden playable character exclusive to the Genesis version of Mortal Kombat 1. He was said to be an African-American kickboxer and said to be was corroborated by uh, fake mock-ups of Nimbus Terrafax in the actual magazine itself. This is back in the day when they would literally take pictures of the screen and print them onto paper and sell that in a magazine, you know? So going through that level of effort to actually, like, fake it, it's kind of impressive. This guy had a has a pretty good amount of fan art to him, and I, I freaking understand why he's really cool. Like, a really cool concept, at least. And that's a hell of a name, Nimbus Terrafax. Because, like, Nimbus, Cloud, Terra, Earth, Fa- Fowl, or Fox, Faux, whatever, Foe. Ter- I guess it would be technically be Nimbus Terrafo, Terrafo. But Nimbus Terrafax sounds cooler. 
I like to imagine he would have been kind of like a Black Dynamite character. You know Black, the movie Black Dynamite? Fantastic movie. Really, really funny. It's a parody of the exploitation movies from the, what, 70s, I believe? It was when they were really prevalent. Maybe 70s and 80s. Really, really funny. Look it up if you haven't. Uh, Black Dynamite. Uh, there was also an anime kind of like in the style of Boondocks as well. So if you like the, if you like the movie, watch the show. Anyway. He would absolutely... Black Dynamite would thrive in the world of Mortal Kombat because, well, he's a badass who doesn't mind killing a few people who are real bad. And there's a couple people in Mortal Kombat who are a little worse than drug dealers. So, again, if you watch the movie, you'll understand. Nimbus doesn't really have much, or any, backstory really that I can find. Be it from an official source like Midway or NRS, or Midway slash NRS, from the fans or otherwise. But he has a cool name. So, and also MK doesn't really have a kickboxer yet. I mean, kind of Jackie, but she's more like a like a gun user, technomancer kind of character. Like the, I wouldn't really, like, I don't look at Jackie and think of her as like, oh, she's the kickboxing character, you know? Nimbus could totally be, Nimbus Terrifax, if he ever made his debut, could totally be the kickboxer in Mortal Kombat. That'd be cool. And again, I would love a Black Dynamite character. And I actually had an idea just because I mentioned, I was like, oh, there's no lore about this guy. I just pulled some lore to my ass, which is, what if, say, Nimbus Terrifax was a friend slash associate of Johnny Cage? Nimbus was a professional competition fighter who eventually retired from the ring and took his skills to Hollywood to become an action movie star. He, he got his start co-starring in a few Johnny Cage movies. They eventually became friendly rivals like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone until he eventually got his own break and started doing his own martial arts movies. There's some potential here. That could be damn cool if I do say so myself. Next up, we have a little-known character. Probably the most little-known of this list, of, like, official characters, at least. Which is a little man called... No Face. Now, No Face made his debut in Mortal Kombat Special Forces. Yes. That 10 out of 10 blockbuster uh, that was freaking Jackson, Jackson Briggs' uh, breakout role. You know? That that beloved... Ga- I'm going to cut the shit now. Yeah, no, that, that, that freaking Special Forces was terrible. Let's, I'm not going to mince words about it. But however... I personally, I don't know why, ever since I heard about him, I've always kind of loved No-Face. Just the look of him, the the face, the goggles, the flamethrower, there's something I've always really kind of liked about him. He's always had a style to him, right? He had, as you can probably guess, given the name No-Face, he is like a super hardcore burn victim who his, almost all of his facial features are just gone, just been burned off, burned away, right? He doesn't really have a nose, he doesn't really have ears, eyebrows, his lips aren't really distinguished, he barely has eyelids. He looks kind of like Jeff the Killer. (laughs) But he's also got a flamethrower, and he's got dynamite strapped to his chest, and it's probably safe to assume that he burned off his own face, be it intentionally or unintentionally. The extent of the uh, information that we know about No Face is that he was freed from prison by Kano, and he set up a hideout located in an abandoned warehouse where Jax eventually showed up, beat the shit out of him, and killed him. So, 
Long live no face. Rest in peace, no face. Right? I don't, again, I don't know what it is, but I've always just kind of really liked him. There's something about no face that's always just kind of, I don't know. He's the kind, and he, he's, he is a known quantity. I'm not the only person on earth who thinks about him because remember, uh, in MK12, he was a, he made kind of a half assed cameo, uh, or MK12. MK11, he kind of made a half assed uh, cameo as a, like a tower assist thing. Cause remember, you could unlock the, no faces flamethrower and it just shoots out a flamethrower that goes across the entire screen. That's pretty good. So they remember that he exists. So the idea of him being in a Mortal Kombat game of the future is higher than zero. Not by a lot, but hey, beggars can't be choosers. So before we continue, I'm happy to let you know that we have our first ever sponsor here on Enter the Nether Realm. Now, don't tap that fast forward. You're going to want to hear this. Trust me. This episode is brought to you by Black Dragon Bargains. Oi, blocks and shilas. You're looking for something to protect yourself, but can't find anything at Walmart that has enough firepower? Well, I've got great news for you. Black Dragon Bargains has everything you need to blow your enemies away. Sometimes, deals fall through, clients die, and we've got extra stop taking up space. That's where you come in. RPG 7s, only 750, plus two free rockets, full automatic AR-15s, various machine guns, or maybe you need something with some distance. Get yourself a Briggs .50 caliber rifle, only five grand. Also, frag grenades, flashblades, sirens bombs, mustard gas. Our full selection of grenades are bogus. Buy one, get one free. Get yours now. Call at 312-883-1350. Just remember, snitches get stitches. You didn't get any of it from us at Blackjack and Target. And thank you to that fantastic and wonderful sponsor who, they've got a very good person doing their ad reads, don't you think? They have a very lovely voice. So, now let's get back to it. The next character that we got that's pretty, uh, pretty out there, but people still like him, is a ninja named Hydro. Hydro was a close friend of Sub-Zero and a fellow Lin Kuei. He journeyed with Sub Zero to comb Sub Zero? Sub Zero? I, I said something wrong. He journeyed with Sub Zero to combat the forces of Outworld. Hydro has the ability to control water and has even blasted strong waves of water that were so freezing, frigid cold that they could actually freeze an opponent upon contact. Sounds like a fantastic buddy to have Sub uh, to for freaking Sub Zero, you know? Because we also how we all saw how it worked out in uh, Mortal Kombat 1998 or five rather. So having that kind of a guy on on his side, probably for the best. His only real mainstream appearance that I can find in Mortal Kombat was in Mortal Kombat Legacy, as a member of the Cyber Initiative, in which he was even more like Rain, because he used uh, electricity more than he did water, which which was none. In MK Legacy, Hydro used zero percent water, so you know whatever. Hydro's without a doubt my least favorite of these kind of weird, random, like, obscure characters. Because we already had a water ninja. And we already had a blue ninja. We had rain, like, frickin', I think, like, I don't think, years before Hydro even came up. Why do we need two different water ninjas? It's like we had Scorpion, and then there was also Inferno, the orange fire slash lava ninja, you know? It's just not really necessary, and it kind of, I was going to say, weighs 
it down, but nothing really got weighed down. You know what I'm trying to say, right? So, the last random obscure character that we have for today is a little ninja called Chrome. And if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, you probably know who Chrome is. But I will explain further. Chrome is without a doubt the most famous of the can- of the fan creations or rumored quote unquote characters that was not based off of an error like a literal in-game error like Ermac or a background shithead like Tremor, kind of. The original inspiration from Chrome was from a misprinted statue from PCS Toys. It was originally supposed to be a smoke statue, but instead of gray, it was like a shiny silver. They, they, I guess they thought it looked cool and was like, huh, well, we're only going to make the one of these, so might as well take a picture, right? Took a picture, shared it, and people were like, oh my god, and their minds went crazy. Chrome's deal is basically that he is a ninja version, version? a ninja version of the T-1000 from Terminator 2. He can turn to a liquid metal form. He can transform his arms and legs into things like blades, spikes, you know, freaking things like that. He can shapeshift and more. Chrome gained so much clout in the build to MK11, in fact, that Ed Boon had made multiple tweets referring to or teasing the ninja... But eventually, in an interview with Brian Tong, he felt the need to say out loud, Chrome is not in the game. Which is a damn, 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 damn shame. Because they got, they got the original Terminator in the game. You can Now you can do have Terminator 2 in the game, the Terminator from Terminator 2 in the game, you don't even pay any, anybody for their likeness. Oh, man. Chrome, like, it's not just a cool idea, it's like, Man, how would he play? Like, I imagine he would like turn it. Like, he would have a thing where he could like turn to a puddle and zip across the screen. He could definitely have like an arsenal of weapons. They just his arms transform, kind of like Garrus or uh, like a mixture of Garrus and uh, Sub Zero. Because you know how Sub Zero will like make the ice weapons, and Garrus could like turn his hand into a hammer, or a mace, or whatever with sand. I imagine it'd be some kind of uh, mix of that. And then he could also, like, throw bits of him himself at the opponent, kind of like Scarlet with the blood. Chrome would be, I guess it would be kind of weird that he would be the third gray ninja, you know? Because you got Smoke, and then you've got, well, I guess Noob Saibos not really gray, he's more black. Yeah, still. Neutral. That's really something. You know, there's not a, there's not a pink ninja or a white ninja, so I guess... I guess Chrome would probably count more so as the White Ninja, but really he'd be silver. Anyway, he could he could count as either one, right? I'm getting into the semantics now, but I think Chrome would be freaking badass, right? And that's that was another inspiration for me to do this list, is because we need to freaking have our voices heard, and in the build up to MK12, we need to get Chrome in the game. We got Ermac in the game. We got Tremor in the game. We got freaking Scarlet in the game. Who's to say we can't get Chrome? Who's to say we can't get Chrome? We need Chrome in Mortal Kombat 12. Damn it. I don't even care if he's DLC. I'll buy him. I'll buy him. You hear me, Ed? You like money? Everyone likes money. If you put freaking Chrome in MK12 as DLC, I will buy him. So, yeah. 
those are some of the, just a couple of the more obscure, more background, possibly never existed in the first place, characters of the Mortal Kombat lore, right? However, when I was looking back at the old old characters, when I had this idea for this episode, it occurred to me, it's like, you know, Mortal Kombat has had a long and storied history with fake or faux or rumored or fan-inspired or created characters, right? Like I said, Ermac, Tremor, Scarlet, they all... Um, Tremor technically appeared in the game, but no one cared, and, like, it was our love that brought him back. Scarlet and uh, Ermac didn't exist. They didn't exist at all. And then we just kind of willed them into existence, right? So, I thought, what about OCs, you know? Original characters, inserts, concepts and ideas for that people have for characters that could fit into the Mortal Kombat lore, Mortal Kombat world, right? Because that's basically what somebody like Ermac was. Ermac just basically started off as fan fiction, right? So, I decided to go look and see if I could find some, uh, some creations from the Mortal Kombat community. And I picked out some of the ones that I really like. So one of these is one of the most famous ones, Hellfire. The original artist of Hellfire is unknown, a.k.a. Scorpion's girlfriend. She doesn't have much of a backstory that I can find. It seems that she is simply a gender swap of Scorpion, who act, and she acts, acts as his love interest. It's fan fiction, people. You gotta expect it a little bit. I bring her up because Hellfire's... I, I'm pretty sure Hellfire was the first ever Mortal Kombat OC that I ever saw, and one of the most common ones I've seen fan art of. Similar to Hellfire, however, in my Mortal Kombat 12 video, I mentioned that I had an idea, a take on the quote-unquote female Scorpion character, which I'll reiterate real quick. Uh, my idea was to have it be Harumi Hisashi, Hanzo, the original Scorpion's wife, where all you gotta do to make it work is you gotta tweak the background ever so slightly. Simply, instead of having Hanzo witness the death of Harumi and his child being killed and being possessed by the spirit of vengeance that is Scorpion, have it be flipped. Have Harumi witness the death of Hanzo and her child, her be killed, and then her be, be possessed by the spirit of vengeance that is Scorpion. There you go. It's it's already built in. All you have to do is just literally flip them around. Just boop, done, right? Another one that I found. that This one I'm kind of a sucker for because I really like the style. The name is Peregrin by Sad Smunk on Reddit. Also, uh, these people I'm going to mention, uh, they uh, I've left a link to their, basically to the creation in the uh, comments. Or in the comments, in the notes of the show. So if you want to go check them out yourself, get an idea, get a little bit more information I'm going to be able to give you, and also give proper, uh, not affiliation, but like proper credit to them. Peregrine from London. He was a plague doctor during the Black Plague, and he was infamous for killing many, many of his patients, one of which was intended to participate in the first ever Mortal Kombat tournament. He possesses the ability to manipulate the states of matter at his touch, such as turning liquid to solid or turning gas to liquid. 
He is missing his left ear and his right eye is heavily damaged after having been tortured for his crimes. He sports a very slim frame that is hidden under his bulky attire, including a cloth that drapes over his right side. As he was a plague doctor, he sports a very Victorian style, including a face mask that protrudes out and is shaped like, the real, like a real bird skull. And he also carries a cane that has the head shaped like a bird skull as well. He's rocking that bird look. Peregrine is a very soft-spoken person, rarely speaking when he does not need to, and hates the loud and obnoxious. So naturally, he despises the likes of Johnny Cage. Also, Raiden hates Peregrine as well. Probably for the whole murdering one of the frickin' original Mortal Kombat combatants and possibly screwing over all of Earthrealm thing, right? I can imagine that might uh, leave a little bit of a bad taste in his mouth. One person that Peregrine does like, however, is Havoc. Despite his affinity for the Cleric of Chaos... Peregrine does not fully stand for true chaos and lawlessness, and he feels torn between his allegiance to the Chaos Realm and the Earth Realm. Personally, I like the idea and the design, mostly because I'm a sucker for the Plague Doctor gimmick. And I think that somebody who works with diseases, it is also basically fucks with the fabric of time, could be pretty damn cool in a Mortal Kombat game. Or not fabric of time, fabric of reality. The whole gas, the, ma the matter and all that, right? Could do some pretty damn cool stuff in a Mortal Kombat game. Next up, we've got Fissure. The user, uh, user Frosty Vectors, uh, got this commissioned from a guy by the name of where the hell, uh, Nahul Amaya. Amaya. I might be messing that up, but hey, there you go. Fissure is an OC that was created in the Mortal Kombat universe and commissioned. Essentially, she was the apprentice to, or assistant to Tremor, and she learned many of his earthbending techniques, as well as taking on a bit of his style. And I'll say that the drawing that comes with this, and, and if you want to check out these drawings of all these different characters, again, the, the links are in the description. She looks pretty cool. I like the look of her. She's got like the, she's kind of missing an eye. She's got like, she got tattoos, but it's on top of the rock, so it looks like... It looks like drawings, like on a cave wall, but it's her body. So that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, that that's that's all the information on Fissure. I just I just really like the look of her because she's got the dreadlocks. She's got she's got a damn good look to her. I will give her that. See so yeah, if you want to check out her art. Uh, go ahead and hop into the notes, and you can check her out. Not in that way though. Don't be a pervert. And lastly is going to be Snapdragon by Travis Listing. Antier Hua was a member of the Lin Kuei, taking on the role of a healer, using his natural gift of chloromancy to provide and grow various different medicines. As well as poisons, of course. They are the Lin Kuei, after all. When he learned about the cyber initiative, Antier, Antier was one of the first members of the clan to defect and flee mostly from the fear of his specialized abilities, would become obsolete through the uh, cyberization process. In a bit of desperation for somewhere safe to hide, he turned to a very unlikely person, Shang Tsung. Shang took the chloromancy ninja, chloromancy ninja in, and in return, Entier would serve as the groundskeeper, as well as the resident toxicologist, taking on a new name, Snapdragon. 
He's like a male ninja version of Poison Ivy, a floral ninja with a double-bladed polearm known as a monk's spade. Honestly, this is probably my favorite OC that I've seen so far, because I like the design, I like the look, I like the, I like the weapon, I like the idea of having Poison Ivy in a Mortal Kombat game, like in a freaking setting where a Poison Ivy kind of character could just go crazy and do whatever they wanted. Plus, I can already see in my head how, like, so you'd have to, since he's got the poisons and stuff, you could have him go back and forth between, basically his playstyle would be poison and, you know, you'd have it be like poison where it just, like, drains your health, or he could switch it up and do poison that stuns you or slows you down. And then maybe you can switch it up again and have it be like, you know, confusion, toxin, or whatever, where it's, if it gets to the top, like two or three of your buttons just switch, right? So Something like that. That'd be crazy. But fun. I just think he'd be... Again, we, we've we had a ninja of pretty much every color that anybody cares about. We've had a brown. We've had a blue. We've had a yellow. We've had a red. We've had a green. What we're missing is a pink. So I think that Snapdragon would be a great use of the pink ninja uh, slot, you know? So, those are obviously just the very, very surface of the Mortal Kombat OC hole. There are some really good ones if you look around, and I would encourage you to do so. There are some hits, there are some misses, you might go come across a few that make you go, Oh, that's super cool! And you might come across some that give you a good laugh. Either way, though, you might want to keep your safe search on while you're looking. Or don't. I'm not your dad. Browse at your own risk. So... Closing thoughts. This is going to be kind of a short episode today, but hey, sue me. Mortal Kombat has a ton of fantastic, unofficial characters in its library. Some not great ones and some really, really good hypotheticals that we would probably not uh, see in official capacity. If I were to pick two from this whole list to get into an actual game, I would probably pick Chrome, because it's such a cool idea. Who doesn't want a T-1000 Ninja Silver being just... Ah, man, he'd just be so damn cool. And again, I, if, you don't, if you've never seen uh, frickin' Chrome before, I would highly encourage you to do so. He he looks super... And he's, he's another one that's got a ton of fan art, and you can just look at him, and your mind will go like crazy with all the ideas and all the concepts that you could freaking see, right? And number two, if I had to, again, if I had to pick two, Snapdragon. Of all the OCs I've seen so far, he is definitely the best one. He is without a doubt my favorite. I could really, really see Snapdragon being in the actual game. I could already th- visualize how he would play. Again, the, uh, the pull arm would definitely be a big hit. The poisoning, the the plant life, the again, the poison ivy kind of thing he's got going on. And I could definitely see him having some rapport with the other characters, such as, you know, because he was a Lin Kuei, so he's got that connection. He was a servant of Shang Tsung, so he's got that going on. And I think he would fit in the setting really well. Hypothetically, of course. So, next up, next week, we're going to have the finale of the What's Next for NRS trilogy. And that is going to be Mortal Kombat vs. DC2 Electric Boogaloo. 
So yeah, I think it's safe to say that fan reaction and fan feelings, fan everything, has had a huge impact on Mortal Kombat in the past. And there is so much fan stuff out there for Mortal Kombat. It's probably got one of the most thriving, like, original content, original characters, stuff, communities. Probably of any fighting game. You know, with the exception of, like, Soul Calibur, where they literally have the built-in, you know, create a character in every game since 3, right? And one of the biggest things that uh, a lot of Mortal Kombat fans have done using the digitized actors and all that is there are so many freaking Mortal Kombat fan games out there, you know? You've got Mortal Kombat Outworld Assassins, which is a really cool beat-em-up made in the Mortal Kombat style. Not like Mythologies. It's not the same as Mythologies. Then you got Mortal Kombat Chaotic, which is an MK game, the two like a 2D MK game in the style of like 1, 2, and 3. But it's got a gigantic freaking like bigger than Armageddon sized roster with a bunch of the 3D air characters. Well, all the 3D air characters thrown in there. You've got Mortal Kombat 4.1. You've got Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Earth, which is pretty good. It's a little funky with like how it looks, you know? And there's just Mortal Kombat Carnage, Mortal Kombat vs. Killer Instinct, which was just a freaking, you know, Mugen game. And all, again, all these character, all these games rather, have a bunch of OCs in them or remixes, stuff like that. And it's just the fan community for Mortal Kombat is just so damn powerful, so damn creative, and so damn driven. There is so much fan stuff for Mortal Kombat. It is, it's, it makes it great to be part of this little community, and it's kind of inspiring. It's kind of why you know because that that's what this podcast is. This podcast is fan content, you know. And I'm just. Really happy that the Mortal Kombat community can just be as big and interesting and freaking creative and as as it is, you know? It, it, it's a good community to be a part of, for the most part. <laughs> Every community has their shitheads, as we know, but yeah. So yeah, I think that's, uh, that's all I got to say on that. If you have any really cool Mortal Kombat fan characters that you want to share, whether they're your own or just somebody that you know about, I would love to see them. Uh, you can send them to enterthenetherrealm at gmail.com or you can just DM me on Instagram. I'm pretty sure my DMs are open. I would love to see them. Also on that topic, if you have anything you want to hear me talk about, any topic MK or Injustice related you would like to hear, please feel free to let me know. So, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week. Again, this one's a little shorter, but hey, they're not all going to be you know three hours long. But hey, maybe, just maybe, you had a good time. And if this inspired a couple of you to go look around at the wonderful, luscious world of Mortal Kombat OCs, then I did my job well. So thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Zach, and I will see you next time. Enter the Netherrealm.